0: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1937. What Should My Asset Allocation Be? Nervous Newbie Edition, by Wanderer of Millennial-Revolution.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. This is the show where I serenade you with the sweet sounds of personal finance knowledge from some of the best blogs on the planet, with the author's permission, of course. And we have a bunch of shows covering different topics. Just search for Optimal Living Daily to find all of them. But for now, let's get right to it and continue optimizing your life. What Should My Asset Allocation Be? Nervous Newbie Edition by Wanderer of Millennial-Revolution.com What should my asset allocation be? This is the number one question we get in our pretty much constantly flooded inboxes. As this silly little blog continues to spiral out of control and our readership continues to climb, more and more people are writing to us and saying we've sparked something in them. A yearning it seems for life before it got so complicated and so expensive. And that's awesome. The first step in the millennial revolution is standing up and refusing to be beholden to these annoying little truths that we've all come to accept. BS truths like you have to buy a house or you're a loser. So of course, the next step is to learn what to do with your money instead. We advocate a balanced, diversified index investing approach using low-cost ETFs that get rebalanced periodically. As we've said over and over again, this is the only way the average Joe Schmo can reliably and safely invest in the stock market. It beats 85% of active fund managers, and it's championed by none other than Warren Buffett himself. But one of the central pillars on index investing is to hold equities and fixed income in an asset allocation that makes sense for you. Remember the effect that asset allocation has on your portfolio performance. The higher your equity allocation, the higher your long-term returns will be, but at the cost of higher volatility. As a result, academic research focuses on asset allocation as a function of age. Over 10 to 15-year periods of time, volatility becomes irrelevant. Remember that the S&P 500 has never lost money over a 15-year period. So most studies recommend a higher equity exposure in your 20s, like 90 to 100%, and then gradually backing off as you get older. Here's the problem. In your 20s, most people don't know what the they're doing when it comes to investing. We know we didn't. We had to learn all that as we went in the middle of the worst financial crisis of our generation, no less. It was a bit like taking off in a plane and learning to fly while it was in the air. Not fun. So what's a beginner investor to do? Should they go 90% equity like the papers say? Or something more conservative like the 60-40 split that we do? This is a tough question to answer, as any financial advisor will say, it depends, and there's no one-size-fits-all answer. And that's true, but we here at the Millennial Revolution think we can do better. Here's the thing. While the cold hard math indicates the single biggest determinant of long-term financial success is your asset allocation, in practice, the single biggest determinant of long-term financial success is you, the investor. If you freak out and panic sell at the first sign of loss, then it really doesn't matter what your asset allocation is. You're gonna get and lose money during the next stock market crash, and it will crash. So here's our suggestion to those beginner investors. Number one, first, pay off any and all high interest debt. If you have any credit card debt whatsoever, investing makes no sense. Number two, make sure your cash flow positive, meaning you're saving money every month and your savings are growing, not shrinking. Number three, carve out a small amount of your savings, say $5,000 and invest it using low-cost index ETFs or index funds such as the ones listed on Canadian Couch Potato. Use a portfolio allocation of 50% equity and 50% fixed income. And number four, leave the rest in a savings account and continue to sock money away into it. The purpose of this exercise for the nervous first-time investor is to get comfortable with the idea of investing while limiting the amount of money that they could lose. Over time, either the stock market will run ahead, or, if you're lucky, crash horribly, knocking your 50-50 asset allocation out of whack. Why do I say, if you're lucky, a stock market crash will happen? Because you'll get to experience the deafening, screeching noise the media makes each and every time the stock market crashes. They'll say that it's different this time, that the world is going to end as we know it, And to sell everything and run for the hills. How do I know? They say it every market crash. The great thing about this strategy is that you'll only have $5,000 in the markets when this happens, so you're less likely to freak out. Then, with the help of the soothing noises this blog will be emanating, you'll be able to watch your portfolio go down in value calmly without worrying where your next meal is going to come from figure out how many fixed income assets to sell to rebalance to your target 50-50 asset allocation, buy into the equity markets as they free fall, then sit back and watch your portfolio rebound to a level higher than before. We know this will happen because it happens every market crash, but only if you follow the rules of index investing and rebalance the way you're supposed to. This simple strategy caused us to pull off a feat most of Wall Street couldn't. It got us out of the great financial crisis of 2008 without losing any money. And after you make it out of your first crash, you'll realize like we did that, hey, investing isn't that hard. Market crashes aren't that scary. At that point, you can up your equity allocation to something more aggressive, as well as deploy all that cash you've been saving this entire time. The trick about investing is that there's no real trick to it. The only thing you have to watch out for is your own fear, forcing you to do the exact wrong thing at the exact wrong time. But what I believe is that fear comes from the unknown. The first time you ride a roller coaster, it's scary because a part of you doesn't know if you'll get hurt. But when the ride's over and you realize you're okay, you're not that scared the next time. Same with investing. And as usual, standard disclaimer we are not licensed financial advisors and, as such, can't legally recommend individual ETFs. The advice here is not based off fancy exams and certifications, but cold hard math and the fact that it allowed us to become the youngest retirees in Canada. You just listened to the post titled, What Should My Asset Allocation Be? Nervous Newbie Edition by Wanderer. A wedding? A dream vacation? Your kid's college? I've found that Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals, whatever they are. I definitely wouldn't be able to allocate my finances or plan as clearly without help from Monarch. In fact, Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com/OFD. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com/OFD. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com/OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. Some great thoughts here on asset allocation. I find that many people ask more about which specific investment funds they should choose versus which asset allocation is right for them. But especially if we're investing in index funds, what really matters is our portfolio allocation mix of types of investments, like stocks, bonds, and REITs. The reason is because all reasonably well-diversified 100% equity portfolios are going to perform at least 90% the same. Likewise, all reasonably well-diversified 80-20 or 60-40 stock-to-bond portfolios are going to perform at least 90% the same. From my perspective, the purpose of having bonds in a portfolio is to smooth the ride of volatility of the stock market. This is super important as you get closer to tapping into your portfolio. You don't want the value of your portfolio to be highly volatile when you're drawing down from it. But if you don't plan to touch that money for more than 10 to 15 years, it seems to me that smoothing volatility is more about the emotional benefit of not watching wild swings with your money. For me, I've solved for this by keeping a strong cash position and not watching my investments too closely. Because I have a 100% stock portfolio, I don't need to rebalance, so I have even less of a need to look at it. If you're interested in hearing more about the benefits of an all-stock portfolio, check out episode 1700, titled, Why I Own 100% U.S. Stocks by A Purple Life. That should do it for today. Have a happy rest of your day, and I'll see you on the Sunday show tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.